I'm Leanne Spencer, founder of Body Shop Performance Limited, best-selling author, TEDx speaker, and your host. This is the Remove the Guesswork podcast, the show where I interview influential people in the health, fitness, and well-being space to bring you the latest ideas on how to optimize your mind, body, and well-being. The show is brought to you by my company, Body Shop Performance. We create total solutions to optimize your health by focusing on sleep, mental health, energy, body composition, digestion, and fitness. We work with busy professionals on a one-to-one basis for six or 12 months using the latest science and technology. And Body Shop also work with businesses who want to create a culture of energy, vitality and performance and position well-being as a competitive advantage. Find out more at bodyshopperformance.com and enjoy the show. This week, my guest is an author. She's also an entrepreneur. Her name is Christine Gouchot, and she is the author of a book called Business Mum. She runs a business, which is actually Moore's Business is the title, which translates from Danish to English as Business Mum. Her website is www.christinegouchot.dk. Her surname is G-O-U-C-H-A-U-L-T. And in this episode, we record specially for International Women's Day. So we were live on Friday 8th of March at her publisher's offices in London. We talk about why it's never been a better time to be an entrepreneur. And that obviously goes for men as well as women. There's a slant on women here in entrepreneurship because it's International Women's Day, but it really applies to either. We talk about Christine's own story into entrepreneurship and what she does now. And then we get into some of the nuts and bolts of how to be an entrepreneur, how to build a company, how to get marketing help, how to outsource versus delegating, why your quirks can be your strengths, getting into your discomfort zone to build the resilience that's needed to run a business. It's a really, really interesting episode. You can also find it online on the Body Shop Performance Facebook page if you want to watch it in video, and we'll link to that in the show notes. So if video is more your thing, you can jump into the show notes and just click on the link that we provide for you there. But you've come here to listen, so tune in to my interview with best-selling author Christine Gouchot. Enjoy. Well, I... Cool. <laughs> okay. So good morning to anyone who's watching us on Facebook Live or whatever time of day it is you're watching and if you're watching this on Catch Up. So thanks for tuning in. I'm here with author Christine Gouchot. Yes. Oh, good. Well, that's got off to a good start. And obviously, if you're tuning in via the podcast, welcome to you as well. Christine, let's start by talking a bit about why we're here, why we got together, which is International Women's Day. What does that mean to you? Well, for me, I think it's a good day to put focus on women and uh, how we are doing. Because I think sometimes in everyday life, we just get caught up in our routines. And so it's a good day to start to pause and reflect and see, are we actually making any progress? And if not, then what can Mm. we do about it? Mm. What progress do you think we are making? Well, I think that overall, we are doing a lot better. And I mean, I come from Denmark, which is probably one of the countries where we have the most gender equality and good rights Mm. for women. So personally, I can say that I think we are in a really good place in Denmark. I've never felt that it's been a disadvantage at any point in my life to be a woman. So in that way, I would say we're we're good. But at the same time, I can see when I look around me that for a lot of other countries, there's still a long way to go. And so hopefully we can also take from our experience and see then how can we help other women. Yeah. Do you know what it is that makes Denmark so far ahead? Has it been your political leaders or is it just something different about the culture? Oh, that's a good Big question. question. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> big question for Friday morning. Well, I've warmed you up a bit with a couple of easy ones. <laughs> yeah. 
I don't know, but I think it's in general in the country. I mean, we also focus a lot on like human rights. I think we're one of the mm. first countries in, in the world also to accept like gay marriage and church and that kind of stuff. Mm. So I think equality as a whole, not just for women, but it's important for the Scandinavian countries. And, yeah, it's, yeah. it's obviously a big cultural difference. Yeah. Where do you think the UK stacks up compared to Denmark? From what I've heard, slightly behind. Mm. I think it, it seems like an okay place to be a woman, but that there is still room for improvement. Yeah. It's hard to tell. I mean, I've spent 20 years and almost all my career in London, yeah. which is, is not representative of the rest of, of the, country. the whole country. And I'm yeah. not positioning London as advanced and then the rest of the UK mm-hmm. is, is backward, not at all. But it is a little bit of a bubble in terms of equality and beliefs. And, you know, it's just a little bit more cosmopolitan, quite a lot more cosmopolitan. Yeah. So it is hard to tell when you're in that and entrenched in it. It is. Just how representative it is of the rest of the UK. But I do think we're making good progress. I definitely think we still need to have an international women's we do. day because obviously, you know, India yeah. and other countries like that, you know, women are poorly represented. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it can be completely different in some mm-hmm. countries. So I think it's really important to have it and to celebrate the successes of women in all the different yeah. areas of life. And I think also to share the stories because we have a long history of sharing stories of men that have succeeded in yeah. so many areas so that we can find, but not that many about women. And that's also... When I wrote my book, I wanted to show more role models. Yeah. And then later on, I actually heard that the fact that if you have a female role model, say, to become an entrepreneur, if you as a mom, you have your own business, then it's like 60% more likely that your daughter will do the same. And wow. the same in a company, if there's a female leader, 60% more likelihood of the women wanting to go in that direction and become leaders because they can see, okay, she's doing it. It works out fine. So I yeah. want to do that. So we really do mirror each other so that's why it's also important to keep the stories coming yeah absolutely so a couple of things on that well we'll talk obviously a lot more about the book which is called business mum published by lid publishing we'll talk a lot more about that later on but it's not all about women there are lots of mentions of male mentors that really helped you so i like that because it's very balanced it's not the completely positively discriminating no with women are you know all all these success stories it is largely that but then the title is Business Mum. Yeah. But they also do do sort of reference and credit the men in your life mm-hmm. who've helped you. Your husband, obviously, yeah. being, being one of them as well. I was, I was in an outdoor store yesterday called Ellis Brigham. And in all the changing rooms, they've got Edmund Hillary, Robert Falcon Scott, you know, the big male explorers that we're all familiar with, but no females. So yeah. I did raise it with them. And the chap I raised it with, who'd been serving me, was actually from Greece and there you do military service and the men and the women do the military service and he said in his, you know, in his mind we're entirely equal yeah so I said well I don't think we are and we're not in these changing rooms <laughs> but all credit to you for yeah. having that, that attitude so we're not quite there yet you know there are female explorers yeah why aren't they in those changing rooms so it's little things like that you know you can't be it if you can't see it yeah. a young girl is in that changing room and she sees Robert Falcon Scott and Edmund Hillary and, and other Shackleton and other Arctic and Antarctic yeah. explorers doesn't see any female explorers. Definitely. And that's, I think, the problem because we have the whole history behind us where we have most of the male accomplishments. So we also need to go back and find, actually, not just what are women doing today, but also what did they do back in time and then get more of those stories. There's a really good book called Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls. Have you heard of it? No. It's, I can't remember. I like the title of it. Yeah. So it's it's a wonderful book and it's full of stories of women who've accomplished things in different industries. So it's celebrating the successes of women who've done really big things. And the sad thing is that I opened it up and I haven't heard a half of them. But they've discovered, you know, one of the women who, well, one of the people who was involved in the discovery of DNA was female, but that kind of got overlooked. Yeah. You know, so it's a good example of it. But 
Okay, so we, we've established we definitely need to have an International Women's we Day do. Yeah, for some time to come. Tell us a bit about your story. My story is, I'm from Denmark, and I think my growing up was pretty normal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> With my parents, I'm an only child, and they were teachers. And I, as I said, I felt it was quite... I had the same rights and opportunities and everyone else. So when I I was 18, I left Denmark. I wanted to see more of the world. I wanted to travel. Went mm. to France to learn French and just really curious about the culture and what's going on there. And then from then on, I still had my eyes set on France. So I found a French boyfriend and went there to study. And that's actually how I came up starting my first business there because I was there to be with my husband. And then... Mm. I think I saw an opportunity and I just seized it. It wasn't a plan, like a big business plan, let me do a business. It just sounded mm. like fun and the opportunity was there. And so I started a recruitment agency. How did that opportunity come about? Well, actually, I was doing an internship in a company that sold job ads. But before you could sell the big job ads in the newspaper and you could make quite good money doing that. But then the internet came and then job ads on the internet, they were really cheap. And then being the middleman didn't make any sense. Mm. But those customers, they still needed help with recruiting. And they said, we get so many applications and we can't handle them. And what should we do? Could you help us out? We were like, okay, that sounds like fun. And then we started a recruitment agency. Had somebody come teach us how to recruit, how to do interviews, got certified. And then we were in business because we had customers asking if we could help. And then we learned by doing it. And so in the beginning, we would help out maybe say, could we find a personal assistant or an accountant? And then... We started recruiting leaders and directors and kind of grew into it, but it was just, yeah, nothing planned. Yeah. <laughs> and no business plan or anything. It was just, uh, yeah, very much just. Excellent. Yeah. So, so what happened then? You established that business. How yeah. many of you were there? How many we were? In the business. We yeah. were, I think, five at the end. Okay. And then, well, what happened is that I had children. And that's where I can see you talking about women's situation in Denmark and compared to France is that in Denmark you can get almost a year of maternity leave where Mm. in France it was like two months after giving birth Mm -hmm. and so I didn't feel I have enough time with my kids and also it was difficult to find daycare Mm. and so we decided to move to Denmark given that we had the choice and that I'm Danish because then I could go to Denmark have a year off be with the kids and so the circumstances were just better for raising a family, and that's why we went to Denmark. Mm. And then I still felt, I mean, I loved having the business. I missed my business. It was like a baby. So I kept looking for opportunities to say, can I start a business again? And that's when I came around the whole business mom concept, because I saw that a lot of advice you get when you want to start a business, it's mainly from men in the 50s, or at least in Denmark. Mm. And I couldn't recognize myself in that. And I felt that they didn't take me seriously because... I also had small kids and that's not very businessy and whatever. So I was yeah. like, no, we need something for women and where they don't think you're silly just because you have a family, but that you can, I mean, I'm all about, you can do both. It's not one or the other. It's just about being clever about how you do it. Mm. And so that's how I started the whole business mom community in Denmark. I've been doing that for five years now. Okay. Before we go into that, you say it's possible to do both. How have you personally managed it? Well, actually, I looked at all the good things about being my own boss, and that is, well, I can decide my own working hours. I don't have to justify that to anyone. So Mm -hmm. I can maybe stop early, be with my kids when they come home from school, and then when they go to bed, I'll work again, or I'll work maybe in weekends or in the evenings. 
but I don't watch TV. I haven't gone to see a movie for 10 years. So there are other things that I cut out, but mm. I can find the time to do, be with my kids and be present and be there. And they feel that I'm at home and still also have time to work and, and do things. Yeah. So I think it's more about seeing the flexibility of it. Yeah. I really hate the term and you don't use it in the book at all, the work-life balance. Yeah. As though it's something there that we all need to strive to find it. There we go. There we go. That's the work-life balance because mm -hmm. it doesn't exist. No. You know, I've never known anyone who said to me, that's it. That's it for me. I've got it perfectly balanced. It's more of a blend, isn't it? It is. And also about knowing that you have, like right now I'm here. I've been in London for a week, so I'm not with my family. So obviously there are times when you have to prioritize, okay, now I'm working or now I'm full-time family. And mm. so you also have that. But I think as long as you... It's not like six months away from the family or whatever. It's okay. And I know that they enjoy also me being away because I wanted to call home and see how they were. And they're like, yeah, but we're going swimming with that. And they didn't have time to talk to me. And then they've been out for pizza. And so, okay. So they just do other things and it's cool. So, yeah. Yeah. I've got my godchildren or dog children, as yeah. we call it, to take out the religious bit and put a bit more fun into it. This weekend and the last time I had them for a full weekend, their parents phone to speak to yeah. them and they weren't bothered. Yeah. You know, it's, the kids, it's, I think it's quite important to have a bit of separation as well. It is. It? And for as them, long as yeah. they can see that you're okay and you're happy in what you do, I think you also mm. inspire them to go about pursuing their dreams and doing what they want to do and take some chances and some risks. So I think it's also yeah. a positive influence for, for the children. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So there were five of you in the business. You moved back to Denmark to yeah. have a better... I would use a balance, I mean, just said that. But yeah, a better lifestyle. Yeah. That allowed you. So, so you then started to creep back into to business. So with, with Moore's business, which yeah. I think is, is mums and business, yeah. or business yeah. mums, isn't it? Yeah, it is. So tell us more about that. Well, actually, so when I made the decision, this was when I was pregnant with my twins. And I was like, okay, now I really need to start something up. I can't have a regular job because it's not flexible enough. So that's the whole flexibility. Mm. So you've got two children four. and now you're, yeah, yeah, so and now then you're having two twins. more. Yeah. yeah. So, so then I knew that with four children, I needed the flexibility to organize my time and not always have to go out and have like customers meeting in the evening or whatever. Yeah. I wanted to be at home. And I also know that when you have small kids, you're really tired. <laughs> you don't get your sleep. Then it's, I didn't feel like being out and look like, okay, I've got all on the control because I'm not, I'm tired, yeah. I'm a mess. <laughs> and so I got the whole idea of starting a lot on a lot of YouTube videos while I was pregnant and seeing, okay, you have all this online business coming up that wasn't there in the same way 10 years ago. And that's mm. also why I think time is moving in our advantage with all the new technologies and possibilities mm -hmm. to create your own business because then I could do like oh I can do online marketing I can do a newsletter I can do webinars I can coach on Skype and so suddenly it was so much more flexible for me to start a business again because I had these new tools but let's talk to more get, about yeah. that because I think that's a really important point it's arguably never been a better time yeah, to be an entrepreneur. Definitely. Even in the last three years, we have technologies yeah. we didn't have five years ago. Yeah. Certainly from 10 it years keeps ago. Keeps improving. What yeah. do you think? What are some of the apps that really made a difference for well, you? Or just the overall climate and how that's Yeah, changed? well, if you, a very concrete thing is like bookkeeping. When I was in France, I would do the invoices myself in an Excel sheet and need to change the numbers. And I made loads of mistakes because I'm not very detail oriented. It took forever. I would send out the invoice and then something was wrong. So it came back. I had to make a new one. And it's like, oh, 
painful. Just it took forever and it was just a waste of time. Whereas now people can just go to my website, pay online, they'll get the invoice automatically. It's generated yeah. and it goes directly into my uh, accounting program as well. So I don't have to do anything. Yep. It's just all just automatic. And, yeah. and it's cheap. It's not even expensive now because yeah, yeah, it's just moved in a more democratic way. So you can get all this help to make things easier and it's not even very expensive. Mm. So that's pretty amazing. And then on the other side, it was more like, say, the webinars or like what we're doing now where you can reach a really large audience. And again, mm. it's fairly cheap. Okay, you need maybe a phone and a tripod and some mics, but still compared to how it was before, yeah. if you wanted to speak in front of a large audience, that would be so difficult. Yeah. And now you can just do it. So there's a really nice way to, to grow your business, connect with your customers, find out what they need for them also to get to know you, to trust you and... Yeah, so this is really amazing, I think. Yeah, I agree. There are lots of ways that you can have. Mm -hmm. We should talk a bit more about the technology to, to yeah. give people some ideas. So I record a... What I was doing a few months ago, so, I mean, as you know, everyone watching this will probably know I run an award-winning health and wellbeing consultancy. So we're about 10 people, so we're a very yeah. small business. And I was writing out a blog, and I do enjoy writing, mm -hmm. but it is quite time-consuming. So I was it writing is. out a blog, and then we would push that out via our mm -hmm. newsletter or our weekly update. But if you didn't want to read it, you were kind of stuck. You, know, mm -hmm. you couldn't listen to anything, couldn't watch anything. So what we now do is I will shoot the blog to the camera. We then send it to an app called rev.com, mm -hmm. which transcribes it into words. <coughs> One of my colleagues will take out the so's and the mm -hmm. kinders and the yeah. filler words, yeah, <laughs> and just make sure it reads smoothly. And now you've got, if you want to watch something, you've got yeah. a video, and if you want... So that's a brilliant little hack. So at the it beginning is. of the month, I shoot four blogs to camera of about three minutes each and then they go away and somebody else yeah you know the technology kind of takes care of it so it that's really simplified communicating with your clients it is so there's the bookkeeping there's things like rev.com and other transcription services some of the other stuff i'd suggest is how you can easily outsource and you yeah. do actually maybe we can touch on that you do mention in the book you know delegating wherever yeah. possible so we've got somebody that puts the subtitles mm -hmm. on our videos that's done for very little out in yeah. actually more than you'd think because it's a fiddly mm -hmm. job but not much in the grand yeah. scheme from the philippines so we've also sort of the whole everything has become global hasn't it, it? Is. You can, and you can work from a distance like you can have a virtual assistant or even yeah. now i just got a new bookkeeper who lives in another part of denmark and i think i pay less even though it's in denmark we have high wages and everything i pay less than 150 pounds a month yeah. for him to do the bookkeeping which is cheap compared to hiring somebody full-time who should do it. I mean, you can just... Yeah. And everything goes on an app and it uses artificial intelligence just to sort everything. So it's just very automatically and he just needs to check it. And, it, yeah. and I know, okay, it's good and I can relax about it. Yeah, and that's, yeah. yeah it's brilliant. And you don't um, have to be together. That's also... You don't need somebody who's got the knowledge you need to be in the same city or area. They can live elsewhere. So it gives yeah. us more flexible also to find the right people for your team. Yep. Exactly, yeah, and, and to pay something that's, that's yeah. cost-effective. You know, someone in the Philippines does the podcast to mm -hmm. be editing this when it yeah. goes out. What else have we, we got globally? And we were quite a global team, my, my assistants over in, mm -hmm. you know, up in Newcastle. Yeah. What other apps do you use that have really simplified things for you? Oh, good question. What do I do? What about brochure design and marketing? Do you have that done remotely? No, I, I do it myself because actually I did visual communication, so I think it's okay. really fun to do, and it's kind of, I do that, and I, yeah. I enjoy myself doing it. So. Yeah. 
We have but a- it's easier because the software you got is so much easier to use than 10 or 15 years ago. It's so much more intuitive. So yeah. And again, cheaper, if not free. Yeah. So I think that's another advantage that a lot of things, you have a lot of free software or very cheap. Yeah. Let's touch on that point in your mm-hmm. book because... The whole, uh, you know, delegating over hiring and yeah. just talk to us more about that. Because I think if you are starting up a business, the smart thing to do is think about what you can delegate. Yeah, so definitely. you're focusing on your strengths. Definitely. I mean, you that. should, the thing is that you should spend your time on what you're good at. Because if you want to succeed at any business, obviously there's a market, you have competitors, so you want to be the best. And that would mean doing what you're good at and excelling at that. And anyway, you can't be good at everything so might as well do what you're good at and what you think is fun because you get this whole energy and it's just nice working you can do more you're more efficient yeah and then figure out then who can help you and then i would hear from a lot of people that yeah but i don't have any money so how is that possible but often you will meet people if you i mean that's why i also encourage that you do networking and talk to other entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. who has the skills that you lack and would be happy to trade or to help because you can help them with something else but it's still way more efficient because you do it faster because each of you are doing something that you're good at so it still reduces the amount of time and then often if um, you need somebody who's specialized then you can maybe just pay them to do this one thing that would help you out like I had somebody correct all my texts because I don't with the grammar or I put the commas wrong and whatever Mm. (laughs) and instead of me spending hours I pay somebody to do it but because he can do it in two hours whereas I might need to use a day I still only have to pay him for two hours, so it, it it's a good deal. It's a good return on investment in that area. Yeah. So and also just to keep your energy up, because I know for a lot of people starting their business, especially with bookkeeping, it could just really drain you if it's not mm. your thing. Mm. So just get the help, and it's money that I wisely spend. Yeah, completely agree. And figure out what you're good at, and outsource yeah. everything else if yeah. you can. Even if initially it feels like it's an expense, it could it well is, be worth It is, but it's you should more see it like a, an investment. Yeah. I think that's a big. Uh, it's important to distinguish between is it an expense or an investment because an investment it will come back yeah. at some point. Yeah. And I think that will come back if you do what you're good at. You will move faster. You will quickly reach the goals that you set for yourself. Yeah. So it's all kind of a positive spiral. Completely agree. And there's sites like Fiverr which I think is F-I-V-E-R-R.com, where you can basically say, right, I want a brochure created, quote me for this. And and lots of freelancers will come in. Yeah, and you can do it for, what, five or ten pounds, and you get an offer, and somebody else at the other side of the world will do it for you. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're not good at writing, then you can use Rev.com or something like that just to speak you know, as we are now, yeah. just have a conversation and then get someone else to pull out yeah. the key points. I think here you have more advantages and... being in the UK compared to Denmark, because if you want things done in Danish, it's still difficult to find people to translate. Right. And a lot of the things will translate into English and not into Danish. So. Yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> That's a slight advantage. Yeah. yeah, you have the edge in equality and we yeah. have the edge in, in language technology. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, so I mean, it's never really been a better time to be an entrepreneur, particularly, I think, for a, a, a parent that wants to get back to work. Yeah. We're talking really about mums and it's International Women's Day, so we'll put more mm-hmm. focus on women, but it equally applies to men yeah, who definitely. want to get back into definitely. work and still want to do drop off and pick up. Yeah. Because you've got, you can really flex your schedule now, mm-hmm. you can outsource lots of stuff. Yeah. So somebody could be transcribing or working on your mm-hmm. brochure while you're doing the school yeah. pick up and then you can pick up later. 
so I think it's really opened up the possibilities yeah. of people getting. And also, back I wanted to add like the access we have now almost unlimited to new knowledge in whatever area you need. So mm -hmm. I wanted to know more about writing newsletters, and you just you can Google it, you can watch YouTube's on it, and then you can just yeah. teach yourself. It's not like before if you didn't know well who's going to help you, who's going to tell you. Yeah. Now you just have the internet, and you can find all those resources. And yeah. I think that's a big help because you need to know a lot of different things when you start your own business. And yeah. You can go find it there. Yeah. And the communities and people are happy to share. If you go into communities for entrepreneurs and you ask a questions and everybody would like to share their experience. Yeah, so, um, yeah that's that the way thing. You've got yeah. Facebook networks and yeah. you know, WhatsApp groups and everything else. Yeah, so you're Brilliant. not alone. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely not. Although it can feel like it, can't it, sometimes? It, it can. So. That's, I think, also another important aspect that you need to get out. Yeah. <laughs> it's good to have all the Facebook groups, but often I think with social media, we often get the, the pretty picture of how things work. Mm. And so when you go out and talk to people and you figure out, okay, we have the same struggles and you're not alone, and then it's all a lot easier. Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> don't forget the real world. <laughs> yeah. Um, have you always had a mentor? No, not at all. But I think I was lucky that when I started my first business, first of all, my business partner was... 12 years older than me so already there we could I could get some other knowledge from him and we were in a building I mean t today it's normal with the co-working spaces but back then mm -hmm. it was it wasn't but luckily there were about five or six other small companies in that building who were maybe a few years ahead of us and so we could talk to the business owners and hear what have they been doing and we could share an accountant who was in the building and who could help out all, all mm -hmm. of us and so I didn't have a mentor but I had access to all these people that I could talk to um, yeah. So that was just pretty useful. A really great bit of advice I got a few years ago was build your network before you need it. Yeah, definitely. So don't wait until you need an accountant or a mentor yeah. or some financial advice or whatever. Mm -hmm. Start making those connections now. Yeah. And a little thing that I always do is whenever I, I meet someone, I make sure they know what I do. Yeah. Not in a, can I just stop you there? Yes. And let me tell you about mm -hmm. my business. But just in a natural, really care. A natural way. Yeah. Not because they may be a potential mm -hmm. client, but they may be a potential partner or just someone mm -hmm. that would be useful to network with, as well as the fact that it opens up, you know, yeah. what they do. And often something comes of it, even if it's just, oh, I know someone mm -hmm. you should talk to, or Definitely. have you thought about doing this? So it's just always letting people know what it is you do in a really natural, organic mm -hmm. way. Yeah, you shouldn't important. try to force it because no. then it just feels awkward for everybody. Like you're being pitched to. Yeah, yeah. I, I hate that. I had that the other day. It was so awkward. Yeah. The like, person you meet for the first time, they're like, you're going to buy, you're going to buy, you're going to buy. Mm. It's like, oh, no. You're never going to buy. You never, never. You've not been already been courted, no. let alone, you know, it's gone straight to the marriage proposal, <laughs> Definitely, it? definitely. Um, so it's always very important to build those relationships and be yeah. genuine. I mean, yep. also, if you have people that you don't like, don't be rude to them, but just, okay, then find other people to talk to because you can feel if I just try to be friends with you because I think it might become handy later on. Yeah. It's no, not it's good not either. Natural. So you need to find the people where you have this good connection and there are plenty of them out there. So yeah. you don't need to force it. Yep. I agree. <laughs> Let's get into the book then. So it's called Business Mum, Three Steps to Success in Running Your Own Business and Being a Mum. Now you've got four kids, so you have very good experience <laughs> with both of these things. The book is full of tips, actually. I really enjoyed reading it. How much of your own personal experience informed the book? Well, and how much was research-based and conversation? I, I think most of it was my own experience in the sense that I started having my own business and learning from that. And then I started the Business Mom community in Denmark, teaching what I have learned. And then adding to my experience is all the experience of my customers, because I hear what are they doing? What are their struggles? And how do we handle that? And how, so it kind of 
build on my experience, you mm. could say. And so I just started seeing patterns and like, okay, I have these struggles and these issues and that applies for everyone. Even, And it doesn't matter what business they're in or what background they have. There are some things that are just the same, literally. And as you say, it's even if you're a man, it doesn't matter, mm. male or woman, but there's some things that are quite similar. And so that's what I wanted to put into the book, but in a way where you can really apply it, not too theoretically, but more like hands-on, everyday basis, and how do you do this? Mm. And then, because I didn't want it to be only my story, I really wanted to show that there are many ways you can build your own business and create that flexibility for yourself. Mm -hmm. Then I went out and found 10 different women with very different backgrounds and to share their stories so that you hopefully can find a role model no matter what yeah. your dream is and what resources you have. Yeah. I tried to see, could I find somebody who's divorced, somebody who's young and pregnant, somebody who's older and has got more grown-up kids or where they have a partner at home helping or not at all. And mm. depending on, do you want to build a small business just for yourself or do you want to go in and get investors? Should it be tech, not tech? I, I, I try to kind of get around that mm -hmm. to show that there are really some things that are very similar that you should take into consideration and that would help you a lot on your journey. Yeah. Yeah, and you have. It's, there's some really good case studies which are going to bring it all to yeah. light. Let's talk about some of the highlights from the book. The first one we were going to talk about is why your quirks are your strengths. Yeah, because I think often we have an idea of how to be professional and the business should be done in a different way. And so we try to do that. And when you try to do that, you don't come across as really authentic, mm -hmm. which is quite a shame because when you do business, no matter if it's looking for business partners, investors or customers, we're still people and people do business with people and we connect to each other. So actually, if you're okay about being yourself and being vulnerable or saying, okay, I have this habit or I did that in the past and that was a bit weird, whatever, then people will like you so much more for being open and honest and you will attract people that like that about you. And so it will be nice to do business with them because you can be yourself and they like mm -hmm. you for who you are instead of trying to be somebody you're not. Yeah. And then at the end, it still won't work because then when they find out who you are, it just it kind of, yeah, yeah, it doesn't match. It doesn't go well. So I think it's very important to, to embrace that about yourself. Yeah. But it's not just quirks that you could say no, that to. So when I worked in the city, which was seven years ago, mm -hmm. when I left, I had longer hair. I used to wear heels, yeah. skirts, tights, because in a way I felt that that's what I needed to wear. Yeah. And it was very inauthentic. I mean, you see, mm -hmm. yeah. there's nothing long about this no. hair. <laughs> Only on the top and not that long. And I'm in trainers for the benefit of the camera. And, and you can see that I'm casually yeah. dressed. And, and it was very inauthentic. And it's, that started sort of erode my authenticity yeah. and, and erode my confidence a bit it as does. well. It really, and as soon as I left the city, you know, I, I, met, I started over mm -hmm. a few months to sort of take away that sense. Well, firstly, I wasn't going into mm -hmm. the city anymore. And what I actually did is, is I took a bit of time out and... Then I retrained as a personal trainer. Yeah. So completely different lifestyle, completely different clothes, different expectation. Mm -hmm. But I think one of the reasons that I, I was feeling burnt out when I left the city was that, that dressing yeah. and You're trying not to be yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, yeah, it's really hard. Yeah. Of myself as well, which is, is toxic. It is. So I wouldn't say that was a quirk, but no. that is definitely... But it's just a way to say that don't try to hide whatever you yeah. think it is. Yeah, just be, be, be all of you. Yeah. And people will actually like that. <clears throat> Yes, I think they will. And, and they'll respond better to it. Yeah. Not everyone's going to like you. But no, that's but even if you're 
dress, <laughs> dressing up, not everybody's going to like you. So no. they might as well just like but you. If, if you yourself. feel that something's missing, yeah. someone else can feel yeah. it too. It's that lack of connection. Yeah, and also um, I think it feels better to be around somebody who's authentic than I dare to be myself. If I can feel that you're yeah. okay being yourself, yeah. then I don't feel that I have to pretend. Although yeah. it's okay. Yeah, I, I, th- I think that's yeah, I think that's really really important. What else did you mean by quirks? For me, actually, it was also the fact that when I was in France, it was a very male businessy world, and I felt it was weird that I had small kids and I couldn't really talk about it because then they would see me just like a worrying mom. Mm. And then I wanted to change that, and that's why I put it in front. Like I have four kids and I do business, and then that, let's take it from here mm. instead of trying to say no, no, no. I'm just all about work and being professional. And actually, the feedback has been amazing, also from men. Not just women, but it's just to go out and say it and, and come and say, okay, yeah, I'm tired because my baby didn't sleep last night, and then it's okay instead mm. of trying to put on the extra makeup and yeah. here I am, yeah. I'm not paint over <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, as you say, it will wear you down. Yeah. So I just wanted to change that, and I have in the book a funny story of one of the women. She, she's an accountant and been in one of the big, you know, also serious companies. And then she found out she's really spiritual, and she was like, "How can I connect that? Because it doesn't go well with the numbers and the rules and the laws." And and now she's kind of landed it, and she's like a, just a spiritual accountant, and so she'll talk about numbers in a different way. She still mm-hmm. does like she still follows the rules, but she will do angel card readings as well. Mm-hmm. And she's just got attracted different customers, but they really like her because they feel that they can connect with her in another way and talk about bookkeeping in another way yeah so it's, really but you have to own it i mean because yeah. it's so contradictory when you say accountant and angel reading and yeah people go like hmm, is that possible but yes it is well that's an interesting one but i mean i think that's an important lesson for anyone who's watching this thinking yeah. of becoming an entrepreneur is, yeah. is really niche down, really find yeah. your niche. Yeah, I mean, there will not yeah. be many people competing on that level. No. I do bookkeeping and I do tarot card reading. Yeah. I can't imagine there's a lot of them. No, <laughs> me neither. So, you know, you but will it's have good. a smaller <laughs> yeah. group, but you'll probably have a much a much more loyal. Yeah, more dedicated and they yeah. just really love her and would want more and more and more because, yeah. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> cool. Well, that is quirky. Yeah. That is quirky. So that's a funny combination anyway. Yeah. What about talking about the idea that you're of, of having resources and being resourceful, which yes. is another thing that you bring up in the book. Yes, because a lot of people will come up and say, I don't have any money. That's probably the main one. Or my husband works a lot, so I have to do everything at home, and so I can't do it. Or you find these excuses for not doing it. And what I wanted to show with the stories is not, it doesn't matter what circumstances you have, but more about thinking smartly about it and being resourceful and say, how can I then use them to my advantage? When I started the business mom community in Denmark, having four kids, everybody was saying to me, okay, with twins, you need a bigger house, you need a bigger car, you need a bigger everything, it's going to cost you. And I'm like, no, because I actually want to start a business and I want to have time with my kids. So I won't have the money to do that. So we decided to stay six people in a small apartment. We sold the car and had three years where we just had a bike where, you know, the kids can sit in the front. Yeah. And we just cut down on all our expenses so that it took some of the pressure off from starting the business. Mm. And we could have time with the kids instead of saying, no, we need to work harder to earn more money. Mm-hmm. And then using... Like I said, instead of doing business the way I used to, I would use all the online media and social media to 
to do the marketing. So it's more like using the circumstances to my advantage instead of saying, no, I don't have the resources. I can't start my business because I need to buy a bigger car. I need to. No, you mm. don't. Mm. You really don't. You it's think you do. It's the wrong way around, isn't it? Yeah, but we're so used to things being done in a special way, mm. and you don't. <laughs> so yeah. that's like the most important thing. Is like you really don't. Try and see if there's another way it can be done. You have also one of the women, she was divorced, alone with her kids. And she's like, how am I going to start? And you think, okay, how can I create value for somebody? And if you can create value for somebody, maybe they can help you back with something else. And then you take it from there. Mm. What do you think you need to do to start a business? What are the basic resources you need? The basic resources. I wouldn't even start with resources, but I would start with knowing who's your audience or your customers. Who do you want to help? And you need to start there to figure out what are their needs, what do they want, and how can you create value from them. And once you know that, then you can figure out then what are you going to offer and maybe how can you offer the simplest product you can make and the cheapest product mm. or service and then start with that and then build on it rather than saying, I need to have all of these things. And like, no, mm. maybe you could start by working from home. Maybe you don't need a website. Maybe you can just do a PDF file and send out or yeah. there are many ways. When I started Business Mom, I got my first customer before even starting because I was just talking about, I'd like to do this. And I had this lady saying to me, okay, I want to be your first customer. Once you start working, I want to be your first client. Could you please help me? So that's just to say you don't really need that much just to figure out who you want to help and how. And you start talking about it. You start talking to the people you want to help. And then Mm. instead of thinking you need this whole big setup, take it step by step and be okay with starting small and then letting it grow. I mean, it doesn't even cost much to build a website, does it? No, I mean, it I doesn't. Body shop personal training, as it was yeah. six years ago. I built that website, which we had for two or three years, using one-on-one, mm-hmm. which didn't cost, I think, cost about £15 a month, yeah. that. But I know some small business owners now that just have an Instagram or a Facebook page. Yeah, so, so that's why it's, you should really look at what's the least you can yeah. do to get... The minimal yeah, effective yeah, dose, I would say, yeah, in, in sort of fitness yeah. terms. So what's the smallest thing you can do yeah. that's moving you yeah. forward? A minimal viable yeah. product and then exactly. the smallest amount. Exactly. I think that whole point about resourceful comes back to what we were saying about networking Yeah. and doing skill swap with people. Mm-hmm. But yeah. getting to know, you know, do you know a bookkeeper who could give you some relatively cheap advice? Do you know someone who could put a PDF together? Doing what you can with what you've got. Yeah. I mean, I think you need an idea, a brochure and a marketing plan. And that marketing plan could be that. Definitely. A one-page scribble. I Um, I think the pitfall that a lot of people fall into is that they focus too much on the product and how to create the product. And it's like, no, you need to figure out if anyone wants to buy it and then how to sell it to them. What are their wordings? How would they explain their needs? Because say you are a professional, like you, health professional, you might give me some more scientific reasons for why I should do what I, mm-hmm. I do or eat healthier. And I might just say, yeah, but I can't close my pants. And that would be yeah. the word you should need to use with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if yeah. we don't talk about it, then you would, yeah. yeah, you would say it I mean, all wrong, yeah. Yeah. Uh, marketing-wise. And so that's why it's so important to communicate and not just focus on, yeah, I have this great thing that can help yeah. you lose weight or be more, more healthy. And I'm like, I don't care about that. I just want to fit my clothes. And, yeah. yeah. It's interesting said, so... <laughs> One of my colleagues, Lorraine, who will be watching, I was doing some sales training with her a couple of weeks yeah. ago, and I said, and the deadline's Monday, can you write down 100 problems that our clients have? Yeah. 100 problems. And that does seem overwhelming to start with. It's like, well, you know, there's, I don't know, get more energy, sleep better, manage stress better. Oh, it's three, I can't do any more. But actually, 
when you, you think mm-hmm. about it, you can start to think about, and then you distill those hundred problems yeah. into what are the sort of the top five problems mm-hmm. that our clients typically have. So you're right, understand your idea, the marketing plan, a brochure. Yeah. But being really clear on the client's problems. Yeah, because pain, also that's what they the, the clients might just see the symptoms. And so you would talk about the reason behind, but all they see are the, that's yeah. the symptoms. Then you need to address the symptoms before you can address the problem yes. behind. Yeah. What I found as well is that sometimes the problem people bring you is not the real problem. Yeah. <laughs> so if we take weight as an example, and we, we don't do much around weight loss. Clients may have weight issues, but that's yeah. not really what the business does. But they might come and say, oh, I want to lose two stone because look at me, you know, and I've got no energy. But actually what sits behind that is far bigger and scarier for them to admit, at least initially. Mm-hmm. So when you pick it apart, you realize, well, the way they would like to lose some weight, but actually they've got crippling low self-esteem or anxiety mm-hmm. problems. Yeah. Or they've got so little energy they can't play with their kids anymore and they feel like they're mm-hmm. a bad parent. That's what really is the issue. Yeah. So it's really picking apart mm-hmm. what that client it problem is. is. Yeah. So having resources versus being resourceful. So you're saying you don't need to have a lot of resources, no. but you do need to be very resourceful. Yeah, and in that I mean really creative in your way you think about things. And yeah. if you're not creative, then talk to somebody who is and yeah. who can help you do that kind of brainstorm on what can you do and what else can you do. And then you'll figure out that there are actually many ways and many things out there for you to, to start with right now. Yeah. I'd say two things. So once you've got the resources, are you making the most of them? So yeah. I've got your book there. You've got my book there. <laughs> I do. Has everybody who is looking to start, every parent or woman who's looking to start a business, have they read this book? Everybody who you know, might be interested in some of my products and services, have mm-hmm. they got a copy of that book or can they easily get it? So it's also, if you've got the resources, are you making the most of them? Yeah. And in terms of being resourceful, I would say not being afraid to ask. To say mm-hmm. to someone, could you help me with this? Yeah. Or, do something for someone mm-hmm. and then perhaps approach them to, you know, to return the favor. Yeah. But not being afraid to ask. However you do, you, you make that ask. Yeah, definitely. Ask. And yeah. the funny thing is that most people are actually really happy to share their experience and really happy yeah. to help. So if you do it in a nice way and you respect that time, say, mm-hmm. okay, I know you're really busy, but do you have at any point in time where we could talk about this or you could help me or could you refer me to somebody who could? Then yeah. most people will say yes. Yeah. Really. Yeah, and if you've built that little bit of rapport, as we said at the yeah. start as well, you've made that connection with yeah. someone, it's very unlikely that they won't. Yeah, and you. they might even offer it before you ask, because yeah. they'll just go like, I've been in your situations, you probably need this, can I help you? Yeah. And that's the funny thing about it. Yeah. Uh... yeah, yeah. Okay, so we've talked a bit about what to focus on when you start a business. Is there anything you'd add to that? Or we can talk about the common mistakes to avoid. Uh, to focus on when you start a business... The idea, the yeah, well, in general, I mean, when I say the customers, it's also like, how do you make money and try to to do the math, just the simple math, not the complicated math, but just say you want to write a book and you want to live from selling books, mm. then figure out how much should the book cost? How much do you want to earn? How many books should you sell to arrive at that amount? And does that seem realistic? Yeah. Because a lot of people, they don't do the math and they go like, I want to be a coach and I want to earn, I don't know, however much an hour. And it's like, yeah, but you need to work 100 hours a week and you'll be exhausted and you'll never find that mm. many clients because when you do coach people, you need to be on your A game. So you can't do that many a day and mm. you need to do the marketing and everything else. So it's not realistic. So sometimes also just do the simple math. You don't need to understand all the complicated things of doing a big business plan, but just seeing, okay, how much of this? to get my result and and is that realistic that raises another point actually when I left the city on a decent salary to work for myself 
I massively downgraded my expectations of what yeah. I'd be earning. I do earn more than I was expecting. Even now, I don't pay myself very much because I put a lot. I don't draw out a lot yeah. from the business. But I had a real pinch point with my finances about 18 months ago, and it made me look at everything I spend money on. Right? Can we cut that? Reduce that? Don't need that. Mm-hmm. Which is a good thing to do, I think, before it you is. start a business. It is get those outgoings down as low as possible. But it then became more than that. I started to look at my consumption of things and my consumerism. Mm-hmm. So there's a keep cup over there which yeah. I bought, so I never buy a takeaway coffee cup. You know, we, we use things, so glug, 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 goes in a bin, stir yeah. with a wooden stick, gets thrown away. Mm-hmm. I just started to become more resourceful, but also just look at my own consumption of resources, whether it was a salary, things, mm-hmm. and then other things that, you know, it's difficult to see the impact. Yeah. Well, it's not actually of, of, of our waste, because we can see it bobbing around in the yeah. sea, but even things that are not on my doorstep. Yeah. So just becoming, I, I found that interesting. I think if you're starting a business, look at what you can cut back on and it might find that it actually makes you more aware of your consumerism yeah. and you find that you have often yeah more money than to do things and invest into your business because yeah. that's also as you say what happens is that then you start making money and you just reinvest it into the business you yeah. don't even take it out for because yourself you've, you've kind of downgraded your yeah yeah and also because it's so giving I would say that it's so giving, there's so much life quality in having your own business and doing what you're passionate yeah. about, that you need less stuff because it, it fulfills you in another way than anything you could buy would do. Yeah. So that's a, it's yeah, like yeah. a nice benefit, a really nice benefit. <laughs> Completely agree. What are some of the common mistakes people make in your experience? Well, as I said, the first one is like focusing on the product too much, focusing on, I need a web page and should my web page be blue or green? It's like, who cares? It's yeah. not it's not that important, but you can really focus on it because it's an easy thing to focus on and you can just spend a lot of time building the web page or how should my business cards look and but it is not anything that's going to make a huge difference in mm. the end. It's more focusing on the customers. And then also as I said when you do the simple math as is it realistic what you're doing? Also have a look at your life and say the business you want to build will it give the life that you want. So I had this Mom, she's like, I want to sell clothes and I want to have this store where I can be in and talk to customers. And then she's like, but I want to be able to pick up my kids from school. And I'm like, how are you going to do that? You have to be there Mm. and you have to be there with your customers. Are you sure that this is what you want? Because another part of your life is not going to work. Is Mm. that actually the dream? So just like think it through because sometimes it can seem appealing, but just like how would your everyday life be? Is it actually what you want to do or does it just Mm. sound nice? Mm Mm-hmm. But what's the reality behind? Yeah. That's a big one. Yeah, that's a good one. Any others? I would say if you if you are in a relationship, talk to your partner and set expectations. Because mm. otherwise it can be tough if you have to justify not earning money or spending money on your business. And they're like, but why are you doing that? And you should go back to getting a job. And I mean, it can be stressful enough to start your own business because you have so many unknowns and then mm. things don't go the way you plan. So that's like stressful in yep. itself. You don't need to have a partner where you have to justify and make excuses. You yeah. need that moral support and not having somebody saying, yeah, but my career is more important than you because now you just started and you're not making any money. I make the money or or mm. whatever conversation might come up. You, I mean, I think it's really important to have yeah, that. Yeah, I agree. Um, and, and talk that through. And the fact that you'll be working, you know, maybe into the evenings yeah. and the odd weekend, you know, you kind of need to square yeah. that away with a partner, particularly if there's, there's kids around. Yeah, I agree. Okay. One of the things that I think stops men and women from setting up their own business is fear. I mean, fear drives so many yeah. of our behaviours anyway, good and bad. 
you do talk about how to overcome those fears in the book. What, what are some of the highlights of that for you? Yeah, so I have uh, different ways of, of doing it. First of all, I think if you're afraid of something, then start small. Don't yep. try and go, go all in because then it can be overwhelming. In my case, as I also use as an example in the book, it's like I wanted to do public speaking. I thought that would be fun because I had a, a message that I would like to share. But at the same time, it's like very personal to me to talk about this. So whereas I can stand in front of people and talk about something, a professional matter related to a job, that's okay. But this is just like me, my experience. So I would be so much more sensitive to the feedback or any criticism. So it just mm. seems like more scary. So I started out with a small group of four people the first time. And then we were 10. And then we were 20. And then I th thought, okay, I can do something bigger. And I did this event for 100 people. And I'm like, whoa, what if I'm not good? And I have 100 people coming and they think they wasted their time and they're going to hate me. And so I'm like, what am I going to do about it? And I decided, okay, I'll invite some other people on stage with me. Because at least then if I'm not good, maybe they are. And then people yeah. will be okay with it. So just try and find ways, you know, to take it step by step. And then obviously... I was scared. I had the butterflies. But then by doing it, you get used to it yeah. and you see, okay, it's not that big of a deal. And it actually went quite well. And I might say something that wasn't the way I intended, but nobody really noticed. And overall, it's good. And then you can improve for the next time. So mm. I think it's very important just taking these baby steps into it because yeah. then you take away the pressure. Another thing I think is important is the way you think about things. So because often you'll say, okay, I have to do this big event in front of a whole hundred people. And if it goes wrong, my whole career is ruined. This one event, it's like make it or break it. It's not. You don't have a single event in your business where it's make it or break it. So I have one event, it might go bad, but you can do a new one. Or I have one business meeting with you, but if it doesn't work out... I can have another business meeting. And so it would take the pressure of this situation mm. where you think it has to succeed. And suddenly also you can be more flexible and it will actually make the chances of it going well bigger. Yeah. So it's just a lot of a mindset thing that yeah. it's not all or nothing all the time and it doesn't have to be perfect, but just taking steps will keep you moving forward. I agree. There are a few people that I listen to. One is Gary Vaynerchuk. Yeah. I don't know if you know him. He's a sort of brash New Yorker. He's done things very, very quickly. Mm -hmm. He encourages people if they, they want to side hustle to work through the night on their social media and stuff like that. Then he also preaches patience. So it's a bit of a contradictory message. Yeah. I like his stuff, but I dip in and dip out. In order to sort of pace and balance my own stress levels and, and realistic expectations, I've also started to follow more heart-centric entrepreneurs. Yeah. There's one, Daniel Priestley, who I, I look up to a lot. And he, he wrote this brilliant article, which is one of the most downloaded articles on his LinkedIn, I think which was the harsh truths of entrepreneurship, where he said it is hard mm -hmm. and you, you will often you know, be yeah. challenged. And it was actually, despite the fact, it wasn't a negative article, despite the, the, sort of the title yeah. and some of the examples I've given. And that really helped to set my expectations around success, how long should mm -hmm. it take, being patient. Yeah. If it's not hard, you're not doing, you're not pushing yeah. hard enough or, you know, it, yeah. it will be hard. Yeah. That is business. And you know, where, where it is challenging, and we've got lots of challenges that yeah. like you'll have and all your your Yeah, but then also you, you do that if you have a normal job. You also have challenges, and you yeah. may have a stupid boss but or a colleague you don't like. So, so I don't want those problems yeah, exactly. with someone else. Lousy boss, stuck, yeah. in, stuck in the office But it's just to, to say it's not as if you choose not to have your own business and then you'll have a problem-free <laughs> life. So it's still, yeah. I mean, I think problems are part of everything anyway. Well, I guess it's the like, difference is these are my problems, yeah. not a big corporate yeah. problem. So. Yeah. Yeah, so I would say find people to follow 
that are giving you a really accurate message yeah. around what it's like to run a business. Not saying, look, you, you know, in yeah. three years' time, you should be a multimillionaire. Mm -hmm. Download my yeah. PDF. <laughs> all of that can yeah, avoid because all of that. All the stories are different, and yeah. we will succeed in a different pace, and maybe also in different ways than we imagined when we first start yeah. out. Yeah, my idea of how I wanted success to look like when I started out is not now. Yeah, It's been tempered by realism, but I've realised that I don't want to run a performance business. Mm -hmm. It's a lifestyle business yeah. that I want to run. That's a bit of a change I've had in the last few years. It is. So, so uh, finding people to follow that are giving you a really true but positive you know, depiction yeah. of the challenges of entrepreneurship, yeah. I think it's really important. Um, the other thing I was going to pick up on is the idea you mentioned in the book about getting into your discomfort zone. Yeah. Or if you like, out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Because I think that helps with, with overcoming fears. If you've it been does. in situations that are really uncomfortable, you get used to it, don't you? You and, do. And how to handle it and handle the nerves. And yeah, but I think also it's a matter of taking it little by little so it's not too much because then it will stress you. I guess it's like when you exercise. If you can stress your body a little and it's good, it will help you build muscle. But if you do yeah. too much, it will... Yeah. To have the opposite effect. Yeah. And it's kind of the same here. You should push yourself, but then also go back to comfort zone and just have yeah. a, yeah. it's a balance, I think. But definitely you do get used to things like speaking in front of people yeah. or for myself also, I hated cold calls. Now I do it and I think it's, I like it. Mm. So, but most people hate it. Yeah. <laughs> they really do. Yeah. You just have to do a few and have a bit of success. Yeah. And for me, I, I had a boxing match. I made a talk out of this as yeah. well. I had a boxing match in wow. June 2014. Now that is massively into discomfort zone. It's not so much the <laughs> I match couldn't itself, even imagine, but just, it's learning to yeah. spar. You're getting uppercutted, hit round wow. the ears and the nose. It's pretty horrendous. And not only makes for a really good talk now, <laughs> but if you could do something like that, you know, the, yeah. the, the change in energy and confidence that I had after that yeah. was, was pretty huge. Now that's oh. quite extreme, yeah. but I think sport is a really nice way of moving in and out of your it comfort is. zone. It is. Um, but it's not the only way. It could be learning no. an instrument, online dating, Learning a new mm -hmm. skill, public speaking. Definitely. But I would even say if we have business moms following, if you've given birth, you try to be out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Because that's kind of the feeling I had when I had my twins. I gave birth to them and it was so painful. It was so I painful. can't begin to imagine. It was so painful. I'll I thought take I was that going to die. Yeah. But then afterwards, it was so empowering because I'm like, whoa, I did this. I can do just anything. I can. It's like I, my body survived this. I thought yeah. I was going to die, but obviously I didn't. <laughs> but I was like, I can do anything. It was just really an empowering feeling afterwards because you're like, okay, this body is just so much more amazing yeah. than I first thought. Yeah. And you can just do so much more than you think. And so that's, for me, that was actually yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the last one. That's a great example of it. Yeah. Again, quite extreme. It is. There are other ways. You don't have to <laughs> yeah. birth twins or no. box. <laughs> There's a bit of, bit of space yeah. in between, isn't there? Definitely. Uh, tell us a bit about Moore's business then. Give me the, the pitch on the business. What do you do? Well, actually... When I started, it was mainly just giving advice one-on-one -on -one and doing small groups. And then I figured out that entrepreneurs in general, they don't have a lot of money. But in Denmark, we have insurance funds for entrepreneurs. We have uh, banks, insurance in general that are interested in helping entrepreneurs. And so I actually figured out that it was easier to sell my services to the big businesses. They would hire me in and it would be free for their members. So now I do it the other way around. So all right, the entrepreneurs clever. actually that come to see me, they get my advice for free because you would have some big company 
paying so for me to be there as well and not yeah to many. Yeah, yeah so I, I sell content you could say to yeah. their members and, and value because often for a big corporation what's difficult for them is that they don't connect with their customers because it becomes too big and too official mm-hmm. and they lose that connection so and the customers they love having somebody who's there who understands them so even though i don't can't help them with like the banking and stuff, but that's that I'm here and I talk about my experience and then they can get the ex- professional advice about whatever situation they're mm-hmm. in. It's a good match. So now I do it that way around and do events and, and stuff. Cool. Because I figured out again, the numbers, if you have to sell one-on-one <laughs> coaching. Yeah. It can take time. Yeah. I mean, or you really need to high prices, but still it's, yeah. it's tough. And I like groups. I like the dynamics. I like more people. And I also like having people actually talk to each other and the, how they can help mm. each other out and facilitate the networking. Uh, I think that's more fun. So it also works well for me. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think I yeah, really think about who are you selling to and is this the smartest way or can you partner up with somebody? Yeah. And that can just take you so much further because for like one of the insurance funds, they have so many thousands of customers. And so by me helping them, I get all this exposure for free Mm. to all their members. So it's like amazing. It's like if I had to pay that in Facebook ads. (laughs) It's a really clever partnership. That's something I definitely urge people to think about is partnership. If you can partner with the right partner, that will expose you. It's a triangle of partnership, brand, product, and distribution. Yeah. We've got brand and product pretty well sewn up, but not distribution. distribution so yeah. I'm really looking for a partner as well who's got that yeah. that distribution element. Mm-hmm. It's already got a network of people who would benefit from yeah. mine and, in, in your case, yeah. your skill sets. So what next for the business? What next? So actually, I paused a bit, Business Mom, because I felt... I wanted to do something else. And I think there's also maybe a point to take with you that even though at one point of your life you want to do something, it might change with time as you change and grow as a person and need new challenges. So I just recently started a new business with a business partner, a Mm -hmm. man, and that's within IT and consultancy where we are hiring consultants to help out the big companies with their big data yeah, GDPR, okay. cybersecurity. So, so kind it's of a, back into recruitment? Yeah, and kind of. And also I wanted to go into something where I'm no longer the product. I think yeah. that's the, the shift I had, that for a long time I've been selling, but then I'm also the product giving advice yeah. or doing the speaking. And while I still like to continue speaking, sometimes I don't want it to be like my full-time job. Yeah. I wanted to now build a business and grow it. But I don't want to be the product. And so that's how I was starting to looking for what other options are there out there and where do I feel comfortable? What would I like to do? And I love sales and business to business sales. So that's why mm. I'm, I'm really in my comfort zone here. I think that part is so much fun. Mm. And then being able to grow it. And then I have a business partner with the IT background, as you say, having somebody who knows what I don't know and then taking it from there. Yeah. So Brilliant. Well, all the so. best. Is there anything that... I haven't asked you in the book that you would like to talk about or about anything. Um, I don't have anything coming to mind yeah. right now. Okay, but, brilliant. Uh, so the book is Business Mum, Three Steps to Success in Running Your Own Business and Being a Mum. It's published by Lid Publishing. It is out now. It's been out for a little while, I think, hasn't it? Yeah, um, how can people contact you if they'd like to? Well, they can contact me through Lid Publishing, but otherwise I have a website in, in English, which is Christine Gouchel, my name, yep. DK. So that's G O U. C-H-A-U-L-T. Yeah, but I'm also on social media. You can find me. And the good thing about my name, even though it's hopeless to pronounce, is like I'm almost the only one with that name, so I'm pretty easy to find. Okay, that's helpful. (laughs) It is. Brilliant. Christine, thank you very much. Thank you very much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. Thank you for your listening, and of course, if you're watching on Facebook Live, thank you very much as well. 
Interested in finding out what your health IQ is? Jump on our website, www.bodyshotperformance.com and click on take the test. It'll take you through to a short two to three minute test. And at the end of that, you'll get a scorecard and a free 39 page report based on our six signals, sleep, mental health, energy, body composition, digestion, and fitness. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please think of someone who could really benefit from the content and hit that share button and send it across to them. And of course, don't forget to subscribe and leave us a rating and a review. Thank you very much for listening.